Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Todd McShane, a half hour on the Goodyear hotline. We're taking your Twitter questions for him. I'd like to do that entire interview based exclusively on tweets. Just use the hashtag Greeny, Greeny with a Y, uh, with your questions for our draft insider extraordinaire, Todd McShay, and he will answer them in 30 minutes. Why are you laughing, Hembo? I'm just laughing imagining you like, catching a screaming line drive from Manny Machado in Game 5 of the NLCS. Well, I mean, I, I, I might not, but if it's hit right at me, I have some chance <laughs> of catching it. It does bring up the question, in what sport could you best stash me and still win? <laughs> Which is to say, like, if the 85 Bears defense had to play with me on the field the entire time. So, so, so Bubba, jump in on this because you were mocking my the, any chance whatsoever that I could contribute anything to a baseball team. The 85 Bears defense, which was so good, could they have played with 10 real players and me the entire season and still won the Super Bowl? Bubba, yes or no? <sighs> What is it you are doing in there, by the way, that sometimes I ask you a question <laughs> to, and you don't I'm, seem to be anywhere near us? What, I'm what trying are, to think it through. I what's mean, happening I'm trying to think of what He's position. always scrambling for his headphones. He's never ready. All right, settle down, Vin. <laughs> we did rename him Vin. Go ahead. Bubba. I'm trying to yes think of, no? all right, where would you be? Would you be a cornerback and then you just hope that... In you theory, know. you'd put me anywhere. I mean, you could just put me sort of like... I'd become like a rover. Yeah. I just I would just sort of hang out in the middle of the, f- the defensive secondary and, and, and do nothing. No, I'm, I'm going to say it, it doesn't matter where you go. You can't play a man, essentially a man down no matter how good the other players are. No one is going to win with Mike Greenberg on their team, sadly. Okay. No matter how good they are, the team is not going to win the championship playing essentially a man down. I, I will figure out. A way, by the end of the show today, some way I could find a way to win. Greeny presented by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Green list in just a moment. It's about the greatest player of all time. But speaking of the greatest of all time, what Steph Curry doing right now, in my opinion, is magical. What he's doing right now is magical, and I will tell you why. Is he the MVP of the league right now? Yes. Is it because he means more to his team than anyone else? No. He means more to the league than anyone else. The NBA has never needed anything like it needs what Steph Curry is doing right now. It's most beloved player who plays with a joy that is infectious at a time that the sport needs it like I've never imagined it before. He's playing basically the best 10-game stretch ever. The mere fact that he's playing 10 games in a row is quite remarkable, but you said he actually missed one in there. I didn't even know, but whatever. In a season in which the league desperately needs something fun, thank goodness for him. And what it's made me realize is the joylessness of the sport right now. It's tragic. You know, we're about to talk about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was the most ruthless competitor. I mean, you saw it in Last Dance, and it it didn't even need to be documented. You're aware of that. There is no greater competitor. He would cut your heart out of your chest on the basketball court, but he played with joy. Where's the joy? I know these are difficult, challenging times, but we can still have fun. This is a game. It's supposed to be fun. I feel like we've lost the fun in basketball, and if you were to start putting your finger on the biggest problem with all of it, it's that. And I didn't even realize it. It's like, what is that thing that when a refrigerator stops running, you didn't realize it was running until you realize it has stopped? 
Well, that's kind of what's going on. I didn't realize until I started watching this streak that Steph is on that the best part of it are not all the threes he's making. It's the smiles. It's the shimmy. It's the fun. He's having fun. This is supposed to be fun. And that, to me, is what makes him the MVP because the league has never needed someone like him to do something like what he's doing any more than they need it right now. Steph for MVP. Speaking of MVPs. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. Well, I remember where I was on this day in 1986. So that's 35 years ago. On April 20th, 1986, I was sitting in a dorm room, Bob McCulloch Hall at Northwestern University, watching Michael Jeffrey Jordan score 63 points in a playoff game against the Celtics, after which Larry Bird said, that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. Now, the Bulls lost that game because they were enormously overmatched, and they would wind up getting swept in that series by a great Celtic team. The 86 Celtics are one of the greatest teams in the history of the sport. But that was the first glimpse of what was to come. And so today, in honor of the anniversary of Michael scoring 63, we have the five greatest postseason performances or moments from the greatest player of all time. Number five. There is a seven-second disparity between the shot clock and the game clock. Jordan, yes! Marv on NBC, that is game four of the 1993 finals, Suns at Bulls, the showdown with Sir Charles. Charles Barkley in that game had 32 points, 12 boards, and 10 assists. But Michael Jordan scored 55 at the old Chicago Stadium to take a, help the Bulls to a 3-1 series lead on their way to their first three-peat. I hadn't even thought of this until I look at it now. That would have been Michael's second-to-last game ever at the old stadium. They played one more. They were supposed to win it in five. They didn't. They had to go back and win it in game six. But I digress. The point is, number five on the list of Michael's greatest postseason moments, the 55 points he scored in that showdown with Barkley, 1993 finals game four. Number four. With eight on the clock. Jordan. Ties the game. 63 points, and you're looking at an all-time record. Oh, boy. Michael Jordan. At number four, this is the anniversary. That's where I put this. That courtesy there is CBS Sports. Michael scoring 63 points, adding in five boards, six assists, three steals, and two blocks. He averaged 44 points a game in that series. Again, they were swept, but you can't be better than Michael. That's number four on the list of his greatest postseason moments. That was the surest sign of what was to come. Number three. To cut through the baseline. Kukoc comes outside. Here's Michael. Holds it on top. Pippen wants it. Wants to go on Harnesek. Demanded the ball. Back Michael. Open three. Yes. They lead it. 38 points for the Kings. That's Brett Musburger with the call right here on ESPN Radio. That's the flu game. Michael Jordan, the legendary flu game. Do we have to rename it the pizza game? I'm not going down that road today. But that's game five of the 97 final against Utah, one of the most famous and iconic performances in the history of any sport and certainly in the history of his. For anyone else, that would be number one. (laughs) The flu game. It's one of the most famous of all time. Today, it is number three on the list. Number two. Zellers has Jordan. Jordan with two seconds to go. Puts it up. It's good at the buzzer. Michael Jordan has won it for Chicago. CBS Sports, that's the shot. 
And I will tell you right now, I'd like to hear the Bulls call uh, of that, which is legendary with Neil Funk and, um, and Johnny Kerr. That's the shot. That's Jordan over Elo. That's 89. That's game five in Cleveland. And that was really the beginning of the Bulls dynasty. They didn't win the championship for a couple more years, but the, the Bulls dynasty began that day because Cleveland was favored. They were home. They were supposed to win that. They were supposed to be better. And that was the day Michael Jordan served notice. I'm winning this damn thing, and no one's stopping me. Michael Jordan, the shot over Elo, game 589 is number two on today's green list of Michael Jordan's greatest postseason moments. But only one thing can be number one. Number one. Jordan. Seconds left. Michael Jordan running on fumes with 45 points. 45 points. The final bucket he would score as a Chicago Bull. That's the last shot. 1998 NBA Finals Game 6. Jordan letting the hand hang in the air as he hits that shot over Brian Russell. Wins the Bulls' sixth championship on the road in Utah and disappears into the sunset never to play for the Bulls again. What a list. My goodness. Michael Jordan's top five postseason moments. I have goosebumps. I, I can barely even go through this. I, I, you relive those moments. Again, if you were there, it's just kind of hard to put into words what it was. It was unlike anything has ever been. It was unlike anything is ever going to be. Uh, we're going to take your calls next. 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll do what's on your mind. I haven't heard from you all week. Uh, let's get some calls in here with what you want to know, anything you want to get into here with me in the world of sports. If you can get past Bubba, you can get to us. 888-SAY-ESPN is the number. McShay is on the way as well. We'll get to the calls right after this word from HelloFresh. Get a true, real break with HelloFresh. They let you skip the grocery store, the crowds, the traffic, the hassle without sacrificing delicious meals. These are whole restaurant quality meals made with fresh pre-portioned ingredients that you can prepare in as little as 20 minutes. They send all the ingredients right to your door, deliver them contact free, more than 25 chef created recipes. Do it now. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. Use the code Greeny12. You get 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's code Greeny12 at HelloFresh.com slash Greeny12. On ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. I am Greeny, and I'm coming to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, presented by Progressive Insurance. Todd McShay will join me coming up shortly on the Goodyear Hotline answering your draft questions. Before I come to the phones, I just thought of an unbelievable statistic. So did you see the Steelers extended Mike Tomlin's contract three years? That's because that's what they do. They hire really good people, and they leave them in place, and they ride out some of the downtimes, even though there have been very few with Tomlin, but they ride through the sort of tricky times because they have belief in the people they hire. And so as a consequence, here is the stat maybe of the millennium. If you want to go back, just three coaches, three coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can trace their last three coaches back to 1969. Do you know how far back you can go to get three coaches for the New York Jets? 2018. The Jets are on their third coach in four years. Todd Bowles was their coach in 18, Adam Gase in 19 and 20, and now Robert Sala. So in the last four years, the Jets have had as many coaches as the Pittsburgh Steelers have had since 1969. What do you say to that? Like, what do you say? Like, that's people who know what they're doing and people who have no idea what they're doing, right? There's just, that's, there's no, there's no defending it. Yeah, we keep hiring people and firing them. But what does that say? It means we don't have any freaking idea how to hire people, doesn't it? That's just, let's not get me upset. I'm having a fun day. All right, let's come to the phones here. That's always fun. Before McShay joins us, 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll do what do you want to know, anything you want to get in here. If you can get past Bubba, you can get to us. Mr. Bubs, who's our first caller? First up is Eddie. All right, Eddie, what do you want to know, my friend? Hey, Greeny, I want to know, um, how do you compare what Steph Curry's doing right now to what James Harden did, I think, two years ago when he had the 32 games straight with 30 points and then was robbed of probably a third MVP in four years? And then I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, so, so it was a little fuzzy there, but what he said was, how do I compare what Curry is doing right now to what James Harden did a few years ago? Yeah, the year Harden, that he averaged 36 points. Harden put up offensive numbers, the likes of which we basically haven't seen since Jordan and before that, Chamberlain. So Harden's offensive explosion, playing, especially when he was playing for D'Antoni, it was such a perfect match of style and talent. That, that was more spectacular in the, in the scheme of things. It lasted longer, and I think, I think overall it was more points, right? Steph, I think, is averaging 33 or something during this stretch. And Harden averaged 34 over a three-season span. Three seasons. So I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that that came at a different time. What Steph is doing now is something that is so necessary. Like, it feels like the NBA desperately needs something to grab onto that feels fun He's playing with joy. Where's the joy in the sport? That's what they're missing. I understand it's hard. I understand these are trying and and unprecedented times. But Steph's having fun. I hope it becomes contagious. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Greg. All right, Greg, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know? 
Well, thanks for taking the call, Green. Hey, I'm a realistic Cowboys fan, and I understand the reality of us when the Super Bowl is probably not good this year. But I'm looking for some hope, Green. I'm looking for who are the Cowboys going to pick this year and that, making sure that Jerry Jones isn't going to be Jerry Jones and do what he does in our football draft. Greg, it's an excellent call. Thank you. Look, if you're a Cowboy fan and you think you're going to be bad this year, God bless you. You have a, a level of realism that most of your brethren do not. I keep hearing from Cowboy fans who think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. And I'm not making that up. The Cowboys' defense stinks. Here's the problem they have. They pick at number 10. There isn't an obvious choice there. They will probably take one of the two corners who figure to be there. One of them is Patrick Sertan, the second from Alabama. The other one is J.C. Horn from South Carolina. Both of them had dads who played in the NFL, by the way. What I think they should do, if anyone wants to trade up there, is trade back. Because you can get an equally impactful defensive player the whole rest of the first round. You want a pass rusher or someone like that? You can't take them at 10. There are none that are good enough to do it. So if you can, now it's, it's easy to say you want to trade back. you got to find someone who wants to come up there. But if the best thing that could happen to the Cowboys is that one of the quarterbacks falls to them, I don't expect it. Next would be that someone wants to come up and take Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle or one of the offensive tackles, and you can fall back a few spots and get the same caliber of defensive player and add picks. That's what I think the Cowboys should do. What I think they're likeliest to do is is draft at 10 and take Patrick Sertan, the corner out of Alabama, and I can't complain. It's a good pick. I got time for one more, Bubba. Give me a name. Let's go to Brady. All right, Brady, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know? Hey, Grainy, I have two questions. The first is, do you think Kyle Pitts, there's any way he could fall to number eight to the Panthers? The answer to that one is no. What's the second question? <laughs> <laughs> Even if the Falcons draft a quarterback, his uh, Dolphins have Gusecki and the Lions have Hawkinson. Right. I don't think the Dolphins having Gasecki is going to keep them from taking Kyle Pitts. I think that the, the Dolphins would take him if he's there at six for sure. I believe when push comes to shove that Kyle Pitts is going to go off the board at four. I think these quarterbacks are getting artificially pushed up and inflated. I, 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 if I had to predict it right now, I predict Trey Lance is going to go three. Kyle Pitts is going to go four. At five, everyone is saying that, that Cincinnati is going to take Jamar Chase from LSU because that's what Joe Burrow wants, his old teammate, instead of taking the tackle. Now, all of a sudden, it's the tackles that are starting to fall. Miami, at that point, Miami could trade back to someone who wants to get a quarterback if they wanted to do that. They could take Devontae Smith. Or they could do something along those lines. And, and now we have ourselves a, 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 a scenario that has not been in a lot of the mocks. But that's what I expect. I do not expect this to go the way a lot of the mocks have gone. I, I, I remain, again, the one person who thinks Trey Lance is going to go number three. And I think Kyle Pitts will go number four. Great calls. Thank you, everybody, as always, for calling. McShay is next. We're going deep into this draft right after this on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. 
D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, and it has been a very long time since I've done anything like this. Back on the old show, we used to do it all the time. We used to solicit your questions for our draft analysts and and other insider and analyst types. And maybe the most famous of them all was something we did called Mock McShay. And that was at a time we put together the fact that McShay would do mock drafts, and it just seemed funny, and it kind of took off. And as I bring Todd McShay into this, who has now become one of the most important and valuable people at ESPN, I do think if we were to trace the beginning of your rise to the to the level of stardom and power that you currently enjoy, Todd McShay, it began with the mockery <laughs> that you were subjected to on Mike and Mike. Would you say that's true? I would say that's true. Yes. Yeah, I know you. I hate- mean, you, you created the mock the mock McShay and the McBoard. The McBoard. Yeah, it was McShay has the McBoard, and, and away we went, and, and it was great, and you were great, and here you are now, and it's fabulous. And I will say, and I've said this a million times to Field Yates and, and to Mel as well, in my preparation for this draft, that first draft podcast you guys do is unbelievable. If you are someone who is interested in the draft, every Tuesday they put out a, a podcast through ESPN called First Draft, and it's Mel, McShay, and Field Yates, and it's just great. So I've solicited questions for you today, Todd, without the mockery, and I'm going to get to them in a minute. But I do want to ask you about something that came up on the show this morning on Get Up, and that is the, the, the consensus among the, the group that I had on today was that if the Cowboys at 10 could draft a pass rusher, that that would be the best thing they need, but that there just isn't one there uh, that is worth taking, that it would be a reach to any of them there. I would just love to hear your thoughts on that, on the Cowboys needing someone to get after the quarterback, picking at 10. How do you attack that? I trade back. I mean, if, if that's where you want to go, you trade back. And maybe it's New England trading up from 15 to go get a quarterback. Uh, but I, 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 would, I would love to trade back if I'm Dallas. And, and maybe it's Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, Aziz Ojolari from, from Georgia. When, whichever player they want. But, I, but you can't take one at 10. I mean, it only makes sense to take a corner where they're they're sitting currently. Patrick Sertan would make the most sense coming out of Alabama. That that's pretty much where we arrived. Is that Sertan would be the pick there? But if they really wanted to get a pass rusher, if they had the opportunity, they should trade back. Okay, let's see how we do with the tweets. Uh, This is from Robert McGraw Jr. 
who tweets, Todd, do you think the Bears will draft an offensive tackle at 20 or will they try to make an aggressive move for a quarterback? I think, listen, they, they, they want to move up, move up for a quarterback, but it's not going to happen. So I, I, I really think that they're going to sit home at 20 and, and take a tackle or a guard. And at, at that spot, you're probably looking at Elijah Vera Tucker, which I think would be a home run hit coming out of USC. I, I think he's, he's a, a plug-and-play starter right away. Um, if, if not, then maybe Christian Derrissaw coming out of Virginia Tech. Darasaw is a guy who's he is a pure left tackle yes like like there are not that many of them yeah. one thing I've learned in this that not all these guys who are left tackles coming out of college project to be left tackles in the pros but he does yeah like Tevin Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State is a classic right tackle he's your he's the guy you run behind mm-hmm. but I, I think Darasaw is is clearly a, a left tackle Greeny and Todd McShay here with your questions Al Larsko or Al Larsko tweets Caesars William Hill has a bet for five and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round McShay do you take the over or under on five and a half quarterbacks in the first round under it's going to be five it really is it's going to be Trevor Lawrence it's going to be Zach Wilson one and two at three you know we've we've debated this back and forth but I I think it should be Trey Lance to San Francisco but it's probably going to be Mac Jones but uh, Justin Fields uh, Mac Jones and and uh, and Trey Lance are going to be the five, and there's not going to be a six quarterback taken in the first round. I'm convinced of that. No, no, none of, none of this trading into the very back end to get that fifth year Look, that we've I, seen. I like Davis Mills from Stanford. Everyone's talked about Davis Mills moving up, but he, we're talking about second round. And, and if you go back and study the history of the draft, it's usually four quarterbacks in the first. And then point seven in the second, point seven in the third, and then three in the in the um, in the fourth. So history tells us that we are we already have more in the first round than we normally have. So I, I just I don't see it happening. And so a name you didn't even mention is raised by Tyler Farrell, who tweets with Kyle Trask finishing his college career as a Heisman Trophy finalist. Why is he falling so far in the draft, and where will he wind up? I don't think he's falling. I just, I mean, he went seven years, Greeny, in high school and college without playing, without being the starter, you know? he Yes, he's talented. Yes, he, he's an accurate passer. He, he works really well with him inside the pocket. He's tough. He's physical. He, he does everything that you want, but he's not mobile, and his arm strength is, is average. So I think when you get to Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, and, and Kyle Trask, those guys are, are second, third-round picks every year. Greeny and Todd McShay with you here on ESPN Radio. I like this one from Jesse O'Connor, and I'm going to broaden the question. So Jesse writes, is there any chance the Steelers trade up if Justin Fields starts to fall? And I will broaden the question, McShay, to be, if one of these mm-hmm. quarterbacks does start to fall, who do you think is the likeliest? Like, if if... If somehow one of these quarterbacks gets past nine, which I don't think any of you expect to happen, but if, if suddenly we're getting to the 10th pick in the draft and one of these big five quarterbacks is still there, who do you have your eye on coming up to get him? I think, first of all, I think Justin Fields will, will be the guy that falls. I really do. I just whether you like it or not, just talking to people inside the league, that he's so physically gifted, but he has developing to do. And if, if a, one of these five quarterbacks start to fall, I think it's, it's going to be Justin Fields from Ohio State. 
And I think New England at 15, Chicago at 20, Pittsburgh sitting there, you know, later in the first at, um, at, at 24 overall. I think all all those teams would then be interested. We and we see it every year, Greeny. We see teams move up and make significant moves to go get quarterbacks. But I think Justin Fields will be the guy that it, that a team trades up to go get. Greeny and Todd McShay. I like this one from Scott Shudica, who tweets. You I want a lot know- of questions, huh? McShay, you're a hit. I mean, I, I just I, I told the audience. <laughs> I want I want them to have this interview. Like like here's what happened. I've asked this question so many times that I, I'd like to hear what the audience wants to hear. Like I want to know what the people are interested in as we now we're not we're not, we're not four it. months away anymore. It's nine days, so we can talk about more than just the five big quarterbacks. Uh, Scott Shudica asks, I want to know where McShay thinks Micah Parsons is going to wind up in the NFL draft. I think he can go early, and you know I think Kuiper had him going nine to Denver. Which which actually makes sense if they don't go quarterback, but I, I that's one of the most curious spots in this entire first round. But after that, I mean, there are so many teams. I think the Giants would be a good fit as well. I think Philadelphia would be a good fit. So he he's going to go somewhere in that nine to thirteen range. But I I have him currently Micah Parsons as the the number one defensive player in this draft. I've got quarterbacks and receivers and tight ends, you know, in terms of the the top eight players in this class. But Micah Parsons, to me, I've stood next to him. I've told you this. His arms are – they drop below his knees. He's so long, he can can cover, he can go sideline to sideline versus the run. And what I love about him, and I think is the most underrated aspect of his game, Micah Parsons can get after the quarterback. He can get home. And there's not many off-the-ball linebackers that can do what he can do. And then let me leave it with my own questions for you here, and that is enormous pride for me. I'm wearing a purple jacket today. Um, I will find. I will have something on that is purple for the draft. I, I'm not. I'm not wearing that on my sleeve, literally or figuratively. But I'll wear something, maybe uh, some purple socks or something like that, because Northwestern has not had a first-round pick in the NFL draft since 2005. I think we are guaranteed one and maybe even two. What is your expectation for Rashawn Slater and Greg Newsom? Yeah, Rashawn Slater should go somewhere in the in the top fifteen picks. I mean, there there are several teams that need an offensive tackle. Um, I I don't see him getting out, out outside of the, the the top fifteen. I I honestly, when I when I study him in Panay Sewell. I don't think there's a big difference in terms of talent. There's a difference in terms of like the type of player. Slater's bigger. He's 330 pounds. He's a finisher. He's physical. He's tough. But I, I think I think that Slater is is more athletic, and I think he's your classic left tackle. So I could easily see him going somewhere in the top ten, and and maybe you know worst case he's going 13, 14 overall. And Newsom. And Newsom's going to be later in the first round. So they're going to have two first-round picks. So he he will go round one. I've seen some mocks that have him at the top of the second. You think he does go round one? I do. I I honestly do. I I think that he's going to be the fourth cornerback to come off the board. Go you, Northwestern. We got Sertan from Alabama, Mm -hmm. obviously. You got uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina. You've got Caleb Farley coming off the back injury, who may, who could have been the first cornerback taken, but because of the back surgery, he's probably going to be the third. 
And then after that, I, I think you got Newsom, Newsom the second coming off the board as the fourth corner, probably somewhere 22 to 28. I've seen. I think one of you guys gave him to the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, right at 23. I'm trying to. I've, yeah. I've seen so many mock drafts now. I think it was either you I or Mel. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I've got Kuipers in front of me because we we just did this, this show the other day. But yeah, he had the Jets taking Newsom uh, at 23 overall. Well, that would be like my worlds colliding in the best possible way. McShay, it's, you've been a great help to me. I'll, I'll give everyone a little insight. I send him notes all the time. I'm texting McShay constantly. How about this player? Why isn't this guy mentioned here? You know, I'm, I'm trying so hard to do all this stuff, and, and it is so endlessly fascinating to me. Uh, so, McShay, thank you as always. Well, on and the I will back see end, you. I'm always texting Hembo. I, I need more stats. I need, I need more numbers. That's so true, too. It, it's gone both ways. <laughs> all good, buddy. Thanks, McShay. You got it, buddy. See you later. That's Todd McShay. I do recommend, if you are interested in the draft, um, I guess they'll have two more episodes. No, I guess next week will be the last one. Oh, today, two episodes. The first draft podcast, they post it every Tuesday, sometime in the afternoon. And I listen to it on the elliptical on Wednesdays. And it's great. Just great. And it's just the three of them. And they just just kibitz. They just sit there and they talk through this stuff. Um, and they will give you great insight into the NFL draft. So if you're interested, that's good stuff. Okay, let's finish it with some fun today. I brought this up earlier. Let's figure out, Bubba, get in here. Let's figure out what sport I could play in and we would still win. So here's the setup. I was flipping through the channels and I saw the old movie, Heaven Can Wait. Now, again, that's an old movie. I loved it. It's with Warren Beatty. And a very brief synopsis for those who've never seen it is that Warren Beatty plays an NFL quarterback who gets killed. He comes back as a billionaire buys the Los Angeles Rams and makes himself the quarterback. That's, it, it's a lot more complicated than that, but in its simplest form, it's that. And I started thinking to myself, are the Dodgers so good that if I bought them and mandated that I had to play every day, could put me wherever you want, bat me wherever you want in the order, but I have to be on the field every day, could we still win the division? That's the question. So Hembo broke it down. You think I play left field? You're going to play, yeah, like the left field line. I believe, you keep saying the line. I don't know why that's significant. You can put the other two outfielders anywhere you want. Right. I'm going to make a couple plays in left. I'm here to tell you that right now. At minimum, (laughs) if they hit a ground ball that goes through the infield, I'll be able to scoop it up and throw it to the second baseman. That's still a double, though. That's a single. It will be a double for you. No, I don't know you're that play, it will be a double. You told me you're playing at the, at the base of the warning track. But these guys, they don't even run to true. first base. Are it you kidding? True. I might throw someone out at first the way these you're not guys getting, you're busted not have, out of no, the box. No, you're not having any assist. Okay, I may have an assist. But anyway, the point of it is, so the, you then brought up a couple of possibilities. Bubba, or actually I think it was Devin who brought up a different one. Go ahead and throw that possibility out here. How about in 2000? Uh, let's be clear, it's Vin, first of all. Okay, that's right. For today, he's only Vin. <laughs> he's lost the, the, the hashtag, the D, and the E. Thanks, but Bob. go ahead, Vin. Give us the scenario. 2000 U.S. Open. Tiger Woods wins by 15 shots. Mm-hmm. If you teed off for him on every hole, where does he finish? Does he still win that tournament? Hell no. No, hell no. <laughs> Not in the U.S. Open. That was at Pebble. No, hell no. Uh, he, we'd have a better chance, as crazy as this may sound, if I putted for him. We'd have a much better chance because the way they're going to set that course up, there'll be holes we never play. Like I'll, I, I'll be OB or I'll be. I mean, we're hitting a provisional. Like, like I could on the on the on the. Here's what would happen: hitting the ball off the tee, I could cost you an unlimited number of shots per hole. 
<laughs> Whereas on the greens, I probably would only cost you one per hole. Like, let's say I could reasonably three-putt everything. Or I'd have a fighting chance of three-putting everything. No, I've played with you. You can putt a little bit better than no, that. No, no, but not U.S. Open greens at Pebble Beach with pressure. But, but I'd have a fighting chance of three-putting all of the holes, which is 18. He, that will not, that probably wouldn't be 50. Well, he probably didn't three-putt. <laughs> Over the course, oh no, it says, it's not just 18 putts. I'd have to do it the entire event. No, no, 72 no. holes. Have no chance, no chance. I would cost him 72 shots. <laughs> I would, he won by 15. He would lose by 57. He wouldn't have made the cut at the okay. event. Okay, you then brought up another possibility. Hembo did. So earlier in the week, we asked uh, each other the best teams we ever saw. Right. Devin, Vin, better known as, said the 2017 Warriors, 67 and 15 Warriors, they lost only one playoff game. And I post to you, Greeny. Let's say you own these 2017 Warriors, and you mandate I play all 48 minutes every single game. But you are alongside Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. This is a bomb squad. Yeah. Would that team have won one game? In the finals, you mean? No, among 82 regular oh, season games. We would have house people. We would destroy kidding? people. What are you talking about? I got those guys out there? Those guys have you out there. Oh, no, no. I, I think we'd win a lot of games. I think we'd have been a, a force to be reckoned with. I got, I got KD. Mm-hmm. I got Steph. I got Clay, And I got Draymond. All four. Well, let me put it this way. Would they be better off playing A with me as their fifth or B? Playing four on five. <laughs> well, they, that's just, you just asked the same question twice. No, not necessarily. I might actually get in the way. I might actually <laughs> detract from what they're doing. Are you more concerned about offense or defense for this team with you on the floor? Much more concerned about defense. So they're playing like a 2-2 zone and you're like a rover? Are you chasing we're the ball? T- yeah, we're playing in a, we're, we're play a triangle are you, one. Are you the rim protector? <laughs> I, I, I'm protecting the rim. That's exactly right. No, I, I, I think basketball is a bad choice. You're going 0-82. I think the best... No, no way. Not, not 0-82. You're the We'd one who just gave him the NL West in baseball. I did the math. Me, yeah, with those four... Border, basically Hall of Famers, they're, they're going to lose 82 games? What are you talking Bubba, he's, about? He's 20% of the floor the entire time, the entire game, the entire season. I mean, I understand that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not ready to crown them champions, but they're not going to lose 82 games with those four I think my best shot at winning is with the 85 Bears. I think if you put me on the field as like a deep safety, <laughs> I would just be on the field. In a, in a uniform. Just roaming around. And you just took one of the players, I don't know, I mean, like on an individual play, like let's play Gary Fensick isn't playing. <laughs> or, on the, you know, whoever it might be, you take one guy off the field and you put the rest of them out there with, with all those Hall of Famers and you had Dent and McMichael and uh, Dan Hampton and, and Mike Singletary and, and Wilbur Marshall and, and all, um, I mean, I'm forgetting a ton of really good players, Fensick and Dorson and all those guys. Just hope that the corners don't miss their coverage. Just, it's play. just you one-on-one with the receiver. But they never even got the ball out. Like, the quarterback I mean, got that's sacked you, that's on your every play. <laughs> every play the See, quarterback got sacked. I think you fit in better <laughs> there than you would on the Warriors because you're one of 11 on this legendary defense rather than one of five. That makes a huge difference I think we'd have won the Super Bowl. No, that's how no, good no, no, the no, no, 85 no, no. Bears were. Ridiculous. The 85 Bears could have won the Super Bowl. Let's put it this way. The 85 Bears could have won the Super Bowl if I played offense. <laughs> if you insisted that you I play did. offense, I could have just stood out, you know, I've been a wide receiver, been like outside I mean, the hashes. Maybe I'll give you that. <laughs> I think they would have won, I think they could have won the Super Bowl with me playing offense. Uh, by the way, today on the Max Kellerman show at 2:10 Eastern, yeah. Dodgers manager Dave Roberts just so happens to be a guest. 
So we're going to ask him straight yes. up. We're going to ask him this. We're going to play the cut for him, okay. and we're going to see what he says. Okay. We're going to get the answer from Skipper. Dave Skip. Roberts himself. My manager. So I the love the timing it. could not have been perfect. All right, I look forward to that. Again, that's with Max coming up. i got to do something here for our friends at 1-800-Flowers.com because this Mother's Day, you need to lock in your place as the golden child. You need to do it soon by ordering Mom's Bouquet early from 1-800-Flowers.com because right now they have a special offer at 1-800-Flowers. You can get 36 sorbet roses for just $36. And these are not your average roses either. They sent over a bouquet to the house. They're absolutely gorgeous. They're pastel shades, mixed pink, orange, lavender, guaranteed to show all of the moms in your life just how much they are loved. 36 sorbet roses for $36 is an amazing offer, but prices are going to go up soon. So do this now. Order today from the official florist of Mother's Day, 1-800-Flowers.com. To order 36 sorbet roses for $36, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and enter the code GREENY. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, enter the code GREENY. Hurry, because the offer expires on Friday. You will be very glad that you did. This was a fun day. I'm glad you were here. See you tomorrow, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.